Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for coming back for another segment. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with returning guest, Mr. James Saperstein, President and CEO of First Wave Biopharma, formerly Azure Rx. He's going to be talking about the uh, treating COVID GI symptoms with the belief that COVID virus can live in the bowels well beyond when the viral symptoms leave the patient. Welcome back, James. How have you been? I've been great. Thank you. Well, it's been upwards of a year since we spoke. Give our listeners a little background for those who aren't familiar with you as a contributor, if you would. Well, thank you. Again, thanks for having me back. And uh, Azure RX is where um, we got started with our story, and we acquired another company this past year, in 2021, and we changed our name to First Wave Bio. Uh, myself, I've been around 38 years, um, mostly uh, Big Pharma and, and then Biotech, so this is my fourth public company, mm-hmm. and our, our company is specifically in the GI space. Now, when it comes to COVID, everything seems to be about the vaccines, boosters. We hear of long COVID. Most of what I've heard of uh, long COVID is the fatigue and the brain fog. You're more interested in the uh, GI symptoms associated with COVID-19, are you not? Yes, that that's correct. Um, you know, one thing uh, I should add about my background, I spend uh, my 38 years, I probably spent 25 or 26 of them in the infectious disease space. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, with antibiotics and you know, launching a lot of them, launching a lot of HIV drugs, in fact, six of them into the marketplace. So, um, you know, I, I know antivirals really well, I worked in hepatitis B2. And, you know, some of these long-term effects uh, are, are impressive. I mean, in acute stages of COVID, uh, about 48% of patients have gastroenterological effects, including diarrhea and nausea. And in long COVID, it's about 20%. Mm-hmm. So some people have effects for about six months. These effects are unexpected once they're in the hospital for treatment. Are they not told that these symptoms could persist? They, they are. Uh, I mean, a lot of folks don't aren't hospitalized either. Okay, so okay. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of people, um, you know, the classic COVID symptoms have been you know, like stuffed nose, headache, you know, stiff neck, you know, which is some things you see in meningitis, quite frankly. So the virus behaves in different ways. Um, and I, I'm, you know, even though we don't have proof, we just, it's really anecdotal, mm-hmm. but I'm convinced that the, this virus hides and hides in the body. Uh, and this is why you still have some lingering effects, such as the foggy brain that you, you mentioned before, some long-term cardiovascular effects. Um, this virus uh, it just gets into your system and it's hard to, to get out. Now, is this similar to other viruses that infect the body? They Once the symptoms are over, you've been supposedly treated, that they can linger in the GI tract? Is that a, is that a favorite spot for some of these viruses to hide? Uh, for some viruses, it's not usually in the GI tract. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, really in, in some areas where the body temperature is a little different, like HIV hides. Uh, and, and body parts where the temperature is just slightly different. Uh, hepatitis also hides intracellularly. It's, it's hard to pick up sometimes, or even if the patient's undetectable. But uh, this one uh, seems to, to hide in a lot of different places. Um, and, you know, in the lungs, you know, you're seeing some severe damage with people, especially when it gets very deep into the lungs. And in the GI tract, a lot of folks have diarrhea for the better part of four, five, six weeks, sometimes months. Mm-hmm. So um, it's 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 a tough uh, side effect to have. 
Now, First Wave just announced uh, the enrollment of the Phase Two Reservoir Trial. Tell us a little bit about this uh, study and why it's so important to this discussion today. Well, we the study was really geared towards a hunt, you know, getting 150 patients. We enrolled, finished enrolling 157. Uh, we hope to have the final data uh, before the, the first half of the year is over. Um, but it's important because not too many people have really done uh, a trial that both tests for the virus but also tests for one of the side effects of the virus. It's one thing to clear the virus. It's the other to try to help people w- with side effects. So um, we are uh, looking at this versus placebo and to see how people are reacting, um, you know, with the diarrhea, hopefully it goes away. We're testing, we're doing PCR tests for the patient to make sure we've cleared the virus, but also to make sure that we don't have any in the GI tract. We take stool samples even up to day 45 and 60 Mm -hmm. to make sure that the virus has cleared the GI tract as well. Let's talk a bit about information or misinformation. You're not the only one who believes that the virus can hide in the gut, uh, the GI. Is that a belief of some of the people who are touting certain worm treatments for this virus? Is that something that they believe as well or just and they're just going in another direction? Well, I think uh, I believe you're talking about ivermectin and some of the other antiparasitic drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if those folks, they believe that it hides due to the parasite you know, that's in the body or not. I think they just got some type of relief, or at least they think they have. But mm-hmm. it's been proven in clinical trials that ivermectin does not work. Um, now, granted, in the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was looking for any kind of answer for a therapeutic. Pasteur in Korea tested a lot of these older drugs, other antiparasitics. But we, we don't work the way ivermectin does. We... We work specifically to stop the, the virus from replicating, and we stop a lot of the inflammation, for instance, the cytokine storm that has come uh, along with this, vi- this virus. So, uh, And we're also non-systemic, meaning that we don't get completely absorbed into the system. We basically work you know, inside, just slightly inside the periphery of, of the cells, but also on the outside of the cells to clear the virus. So it works a little differently. Why isn't Big Pharma working as you're working? Do they not think that this aspect of, of long COVID even exists? Uh, it's all about the vaccines and boosters. Well, you know, ironically, uh, look at Pfizer. Pfizer has one of the leading vaccines, but they also have a therapeutic that's come out as well. Okay. So it's clear to me that Big Pharma, like J&J, Pfizer, they, they don't believe the vaccine is the total answer. It's part of the solution mm-hmm. to help keep people out of the hospital, but we're going to have to drug our way out of this, uh, meaning we need therapeutics. Uh, most people would rather take, you know, one or two tablets and clear the virus than, than have to get vaccines all the time. Looking forward, far forward, I'm talking of two, three years uh, into this pandemic. Do you feel that pretty much everyone is going to get it? And then we can, as you say, drug our way into prevention. Absolutely. I, I think this virus is going to become what we say endemic uh, rather than pandemic. And endemic means it's going to be in the system everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to learn to live with it. So uh, we certainly cannot keep you know, developing vaccines for every single variant or as I call mutations, every single variant that comes up. So you're going to have to get a drug that works across all aspects of this virus. For instance, the mutations that occur for uh, right now are on the spike protein 
and that's really where the big pharma is developing these vaccines. Our drug and other therapeutic drugs are going to work inside the virus membrane, so inside, so we, we, we kind of implode it from the inside so it doesn't you know, replicate throughout the body. So I, I kind of, you know, at least my prediction is you're going to see this going the way hepatitis has gone, the way HIV has gone, that you don't really get rid of it, but you manage it, and you manage it with two or three medications once you have it. Uh, the key is to make sure these medications are really, really safe. Um, one of the drugs I launched when I was at Gilead called Tenofovir was probably the safest of all the antivirals at the time. And now, you know, it's used routinely as, as part of three or four drug regimens um, for HIV. And HIV is barely undetectable. You know, you barely detectable. It's undetectable. So um, we don't really, you know, do we need a cure for HIV? Yeah, it'd be great. But uh, everyone can live a nice, normal life uh, if they have HIV now, as opposed to it being a death sentence the way it was early on in, in that epidemic. So. I think uh, COVID will go the same way. It's going to be managed just like we manage all the other diseases. Well, if you would, James, give us a website where we can learn more about First Wave Bio and the technology that you're developing there. Sure. So uh, our website is uh, www.firstwavebio.com. So it's pretty pretty just, simple. Just like <laughs> it sounds. F-I-R-S-T-W-A-V-E bio.com, correct? Bio.com, yep. Well, um, as I said, you know, 10 minutes is not uh, nearly enough time to discuss such a, a vast topic. Hopefully you'll come back on and we can delve deeper into uh, this COVID GI issue as uh, the study progresses. My pleasure. And again, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking to you. You as well. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, speaking with returning guest, Mr. James Saperstein, President and CEO of First Wave Biopharma. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download a SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.